0: I want to talk to you today, listeners, about why you don't need to fear the future. Psalm 23 is one of the most important and most famous chapters in the whole Bible. It's only six verses, but it gives us dozens of pictures of the goodness of God. Is this a psalm of David's confidence and David's faith? Absolutely not. It's not even about David, it's not even about a shepherd. It's not about David, you know, he being the shepherd, but it's not even about sheep. It's about the goodness of God. It's all about God. You know, a lot of times we talk about being committed to Jesus and how you and I need to be more committed to Jesus and more committed to God. But this psalm turns that upside down. This psalm is not about your commitment to God. It's about God's commitment to you, to you. In this psalm, God says, I'm going to do 12 things for you. They're metaphors. We have to explain them. But he says, I'm going to do these 12 things for you because I am a good God and I love you. And these are the things I've committed to do for you. And it's 100% about God. This psalm is not about you. It's about what God does for you. Let me read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right path for his name's sake. And even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. You prepare a banquet for me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I want you to notice first that this psalm begins and ends with the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. And then it ends with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm is all about God. It's all about His goodness to you. If you begin to understand that, you'll begin to become more encouraged, especially if you'll go back and look at the 12 things that God had said He wants to do for you in this psalm because He's a good God. Today, I want us to focus in on that last verse. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's a promise. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. That's the future. Now, anytime you start worrying, you need to remember that last verse of Psalm 23. If you have difficulty with the future, if you tend to get anxious about the future, if you get fearful about the future, if you get worried about the future, if you feel anxiety welling up within you over the future... You need to remember this last verse because this last verse tells us three reasons you never need to fear the future if you're a believer. You never need to fear the future because of three things that it tells us in just this last verse. Here's the first one. Because God's goodness is watching over me. Because God's goodness is watching over me. I don't need to fear the future because God's goodness is watching over me. The Bible says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Do you know that God is and his goodness is always paying attention to you? Did you know that you have never had a second of your life that God was not watching you? That God is always paying attention to you? Why? Because he created you to love you. And he's a good God. So how in the world can God be interested in me? I mean, there's over seven and a half billion people in the world. And the God who created billions and trillions of stars can surely care about seven billion people all at the same time. See, you, you don't understand how big God is if you don't understand that God can pay 100% attention to you while paying 100% attention to everybody else too. He's God. There's never been a moment in your life God was not watching. He knows every detail of your life. He knows when you get acid indigestion. He knows, you know, a few other things in your stomach as well. There's never been a moment. He knows the highs, the lows, the good, the bad the ups and the downs. He's paying attention to you right now. In fact, God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows the details of your life, every one of them. And he knows more details about you than you do. Why? He's a good God. And the goodness of God is following me all the days of my life. The psalmist says in Psalm 145, 20, the Lord watches over all who love him. God's goodness is watching over you. He doesn't miss any details. And not only does he watch over you, he actually protects you. You are protected from thousands of things that you don't even know you missed. Accidents that you couldn't have gotten into. Problems that you couldn't have created. Decisions that you made. And God says, no, we're not going to let those consequences of that happen right now. How does God watch over you? How does God protect you? Well, one of the ways he does that, and this may shock you, is angels. The Bible says God created angels to watch over you. Say, so, well, wait a minute. Are angels real? Oh, yes, they're very real. The Bible tells us that. But now let me say this, because I don't have a lot of time to teach on a uh, whole message on on angels. I will sometime. But there's a lot of phony baloney out there about angels. There's a lot of myths. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of things that people think about angels that just aren't true. And and we'll come back to that at a later time maybe and study that. But let me just say a few things. When you die, you're not going to become an angel. When you die, when you go to heaven, you're not going, listen, you're going to be a person. When you die and you go to heaven, you're going to be a person, not an angel. You're not going to have any wings. I hate to tell you that. You're not going to have any wings. You're not going to have a halo. In the first place, angels don't have bodies. They don't, they don't have human physical bodies. They are spiritual beings. You don't talk to them. And, you know, listen, I've walked with the Lord now nearly 50 years. And I've never had a personal contact with an angel, never. Except Sheila, my wife. You'll probably never have interaction with them at all in your life. But they're out there watching over you. They're protecting you. They're actually created by God to encourage circumstances that encourage you. The Bible says in Psalm 91:11, God orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. So they're like these invisible helpers. There are many ways they do this, but one of the ways is, is they create circumstances that you don't even know. How in the world did that happen? Well, an angel was in action. You don't even know how many times you've been helped by the goodness of God. But God says, my mercy, my goodness will be with you always. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Well, so what does that really mean? Well, it doesn't mean that only good things will happen to you. Obviously, that's not true because a lot of bad things happen, a lot of disappointments happen. David had bad things happen to him, the guy who wrote this. So it doesn't mean only good things will happen to me. When the Bible says, surely goodness will follow me every day of my life and the rest of my life, it means that God will ensure that good will come out of everything that happens to me, even the bad stuff. And that's a promise. Not everything that happens to you is going to be good, but surely goodness will follow me means God will bring good out of the bad stuff, the evil stuff that happens to you. You cannot control what happens to you in life, but you can be sure of this. If the Lord is your shepherd, God will always bring good, always out of bad. Anybody can bring good out of good. God specializes in bringing good out of bad, and that's a great promise. The promise of Romans 8:28. We know that all the things that happen to us is working for our good doesn't say that all things are good. It just says they're working for our good. That's a promise if we love God and are fitting into his plans. All things do not work together for good for everybody. If you're going in the opposite direction of God, if you're ignoring God's plan in your life, you're not trying to live in God's love, then all things aren't going to work for good. All those working for bad in your life. But this is a promise to those who love God and those who are really wanting to go God's way, who want to follow God's purposes. He's okay if you really want my will in your life. Even that bad stuff that's happening to you, I'm going to bring good out of it. Now, of course, when you're going through a bad time, you never, never see that. You don't see that in the moment. But surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. And so we want to encourage you with that. And remember, it's because God's goodness is it's watching over me. It's the first thing. First reason. Here's the second thing I see. That is God's grace is working in me. God's grace is working in me. While goodness is working around me and it's watching out for me, God's grace is working in me at that moment. The Bible says, surely, not just goodness, but mercy will follow me all the days of my life. What is mercy? Mercy is grace in action. That's what it is. When I say God's grace is working in me, I'm talking about his mercy, his grace in action. Isaiah says in Isaiah 60, verse 10, I will have mercy on you through my grace. Let me explain that. When God says grace and goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life, what's the difference between God's goodness and God's mercy? Well, you may want to get this. You may want to even write this down. In the first place, God's goodness is when God gives me what I don't deserve. That's goodness. That's God's goodness. That's His grace. God gives me what I don't deserve. I don't deserve all the blessings I have in my life, and you don't either. The air you just breathed, you Did you deserve that? The fact that your heart just took a beat, did you deserve that? The fact that you live in a free country, did you deserve that? Most of the things in your life and my life are simply gracious gifts, and everything you have in your life and I have in my life is a gift from God. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. What's mercy? It's the exact opposite. Mercy is when God doesn't give me what I do deserve. When God doesn't give me what I do deserve, all the stuff, all the ways that I've been mean, I've been wrong, I've sinned, I've failed, I've flubbed up, I've made mistakes, I've screwed up, I've been self-centered, I I deserve punishment, you deserve punishment for that, we deserve discipline for that, we deserve retribution for that. If God gave me everything I deserved, I wouldn't be standing, before, you know, and preaching, I wouldn't be sitting here today sharing this podcast with you. If God gave you everything you deserved, you wouldn't be able to even take your next book Grace and mercy, or goodness and mercy. Goodness, God gives me what I don't deserve. Mercy, God doesn't give me what I do deserve. He says, both of these things are going to follow me all the days of my life because God's a good God. So I can expect both His provision and His pardon. His provision, He gives me all kinds of good things in life. His pardon, He forgives me of all kinds of bad things in my life. Forgiveness, that's the mercy part. Because God is good, and I can expect both. Now, why do you and I need mercy? Why do I need mercy? Because we're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We all sin. We live in a broken world. We don't always do the right thing. And even though we know that, what what we should do, we don't always do the right thing. So I need forgiveness all the time. You need forgiveness all the time. You need God's mercy all the time. So aren't you glad that God says goodness and mercy will follow me all of my life? It doesn't say God's justice will follow me all of my life. Because if you got what you deserved, you wouldn't be sitting or standing wherever you are right now. You wouldn't be able to take another breath. God doesn't follow you with his justice. He follows you with his mercy. He is a good God. Psalm 103, it lists a number of ways that God shows his mercy. Probably at least ten or so in that passage in Psalm 103. I'll read it just as an example and definition of God's mercy to you. He says, I will not forget the glorious things that God does for me. He forgives me of all my sins. He forgives. He heals me. That's mercy. He ransoms me from hell. That's mercy. He surrounds me with loving kindness. That's mercy. He fills my life with good things. He's merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it. That's mercy. He's slow to get angry. I'm glad for that. That's mercy. He never bears a grudge. Aren't you glad for that one? Some of you, you may not believe that. Some of you have grown up your whole life thinking um, something that you did a long time ago and God's still trying to get even with you because of what you did. And anything that bad happens in your life, you're like, well, God's getting even with me. God it says God listen it says God does not carry a grudge. I mean how many times you know do we do we think that God's getting even with us and listen let me tell you something God's not mad at you God is mad about you. No one will ever love you like Jesus Christ. No one. No one will ever love you like Jesus Christ. Now, because God's mercy is following you every day of your life means you can come to God with any problem, any screw up, any mess up, any fault, any failure, anything. And God has a 24 hour drop in service because his mercies is constantly following you. There's never a moment he's not showing mercy to you. You can always come to him no matter what you're going through. And that should take away your fear. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, we can come before God's throne. This is talking about prayer where we can receive mercy and grace, mercy and goodness, to help us when we need it. And let me give you the third thing, the last thing, why you shouldn't live in fear of the future. First of all, God's goodness is watching over me. God's grace is working in me. And here's what I would say is the big one. God's glory is waiting for me. God's glory is waiting for me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the little word that connects today with tomorrow. Even after you've lived a life of blessing here on earth, it's not the end. Friends, this psalm is building to a crescendo. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a big ending. That's a big ending. That means I don't have to fear death. And by the way, that is the number one fear people have. Because death is not the end, it's a transition. It's a transfer. We're going to heaven. You know, God saves the best for last. If you love and know Jesus, if the Lord is your shepherd, it just gets better and better. Because even if I have a tough life here on earth, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where there's no more sorrow, there's no more suffering, there's no more sin, there's no more sickness, there's no more sadness, no more problems, no more pain, no more pressure. It's unbelievable. With Jesus, it keeps getting better and better. And the best is yet to come. Wow. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast today. And remember to stay strong, faith strong.